It's the bottom line. On News Radio 610, KONA. From the Tri Cities to Olympia to DC, we break down the stories of the day and the people making the news. And that's the bottom line. Time to get the bottom line. Presented by McCary Meats in Basin City with your hosts, Rob Francis and Ed Dawson. Well, the Supreme Court handed down a couple of decisions today. Interesting ones and long awaited. And guess again, who is at center stage? Plus, the boarding border funding bill passed in the House after the Speaker does something we rarely see from her. But first, give us your bottom line. It's your voice, your show. Call the LegendsCasino.com hotline, 509-547-1610. Welcome into the bottom line. Hour number two, News Radio 610-KONA, 547-1610. If you'd like to get involved, also via email, 610-KONA.com. Your name, where you're listening, and what you would like to say. Rob Francis here at Dawson back on Monday. Last night, the first of two debate evenings for 20 that are aspiring to win the nomination for the Democratic Party. One of those on stage was our very own Governor Jay Inslee. Now, he didn't get nearly as much time as some of the others. In fact, a little bit less than half of the FaceTime that New Jersey Senator Cory Booker received, as well as former Texas Representative Beto O'Rourke. They were both around the 11-minute mark. Elizabeth Warren came in around the 9-minute mark. Governor Inslee somewhere around 5. And poor former Representative John Delaney from Maryland. He just kept getting interrupted by Savannah Guthrie. Um want to get your thoughts on what happened last night. Do want to play a little bit of a clip from something else that Governor Inslee had to say last night before he hit the debate stage. Um, He was on with MSNBC's Ari Melber, and the question about impeachment came up on the heels of the announcement that Robert Mueller would honor the subpoena request by Congress to appear in front of them. Here is the governor. My reaction is Congress should do its job. It should have a full inquiry from whatever source, from any witness who has information. I do believe that the impeachment issue has now virtually become inevitable. Meaning? It's time to start uh, an impeachment inquiry, in my view. You, and when you say inevitable, you mean Pelosi and the Democrats will come around to having an impeachment? I, I, I don't know. This, this president has left us no choice. He violates the Constitution every time he turns around. He lies to the American people on things big and small. There are many things he's lied about, but the fact that the other day he went out and told us that the air is clean and climate change is not a problem, there's a lot of lies that are destructive. That so you, you say it's inevitable when you hear Joe Biden say, you know, he needs more time. Hmm. Is he wrong on that or you, you get where he's coming? I'll let everybody be a judge, but I've just had a belly full. The, the Constitution is in doubt. We have to show America to get to the bottom of what can happen. And I think having an impeachment inquiry can help that actually occur. So now Governor Inslee is all aboard the impeachment train. Do you wonder why? I don't. Nor do I wonder why they're talking about this now. Think about the timing. It's 2019. The president has been pretty much fundraising for the last year and a half. His rallies are still getting significant attendance. In fact, the night he announced his reelection bid, he saw a bump in his poll numbers. We're going to discuss this further after we go to the phones. You're up on the bottom line, News Radio 610K. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hey, Rob, it's Mike. What's going on, Mike? Uh, well, that debate is 
hard to watch. Any Democratic debate is going to be hard to watch for these four reasons. One, the Democratic Party is late-term abortion. Democratic Party is sanctuary city. The Democratic Party is take away your gun. The Democratic Party is tax, 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 and more tax. The Democratic Party is elitism. You, you can go on and on and on. They represent nothing. And everything that they represent, uh, logically thinking people think the exact opposite. So spending one minute watching those guys, especially Inslee, is an uh, absolute waste of my time. If, if they had different issues that they were writing and they were somebody was trying to lead, that's fine. But again, it's not about what they got going. It's about get Trump, impeach Trump, Trump lies, Trump this, Trump that. They're going after Trump. They're not leading the country and they're not doing their job, item one. Item two, Mercier hit it right on the nail when he said, we vote on things in this state. And when liberals don't get their way, we vote on it again. And when they don't get it their way, we vote on it again and again and again and again. And the gay marriage sample of that, I, I think we voted on that seven or eight times. People said no, no, no. So uh, I'm not really helping you much here with talking points, but Democratic Party has nothing to offer. Thanks for the call, Mike. Always appreciate hearing from you. 547-1610 if you want to get involved. And here's the thing, and I want to take one thing that Mike said and and kind of move a little bit further with it as as we develop this down the line. And he said Trump, 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 going after Trump, impeach Trump, impeach Trump, impeach Trump. Why? And why now? Because they are afraid of the man. They are afraid of the man. And the reason why Joe Biden is the only guy that has not really come out and gone on the impeachment train is, one, he was there when it happened with Bill Clinton. And he saw the damage that was done to the Republican Party. Even though Bill Clinton wasn't removed from office, he was impeached. He saw the damage that it did to the Republican Party. He saw the swing that happened in Congress after that happened. So he knows full well the damage that can be done to a party and their chances in elections after an impeachment and the bad taste it leaves in the mouth of the American public. But ultimately, I think the reason now they are going after Donald Trump and want to push this impeachment, and Jay Inslee is saying it's inevitable, is because he knows he can't beat Donald Trump. And Elizabeth Warren can't beat Donald Trump. And Bernie Sanders can't beat Donald Trump. And Tulsi Gabbard can't beat Donald Trump. None of the 24 that have thrown their name in the race can beat Donald Trump. And when you can't beat him, why not try to impeach him? Because then, if you impeach him, well, you've just taken all his thunder away. Just think about it in this regard, too. Mike Pence is not running for president. What is Mike Pence going to be able to put together Say impeachment starts next week. It's not going to, but say it starts next week. What is Mike Pence going to be able to put together to run a presidential race in less than a year and a half? Is everybody that's a Trump supporter going to rally around Mike Pence? No, they're not. Because they're not 
Mike Pence supporters, they're Donald Trump supporters. So all this heated discussion about impeaching Donald Trump right now is because they want to take him out of the race. They want to do what they can to remove him from office so that he isn't a factor in 2020. That's my opinion. You're up on the bottom line. News Radio 610 K1A. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Uh, this is Mike from Pasco. What's going on, Mike? Um, you know, something I keep thinking about is uh, something I read, I don't know, a little while back, but when it comes to the Democratic Party, it's, it's nothing but politicians, lifelong politicians. The difference between them and uh, President Trump is President Trump is a statesman. The difference in the reason I say that is a politician is going to tell you what you want to hear, where a statesman is going to tell you what you need to hear. And people are tired of the rhetoric coming from the Democratic Party. Thanks for the call, Mike. I appreciate it. Good points. 547-1610 if you want to get involved. You know, the president has been, President Trump has been something we haven't seen in politics for a long time. You know, and, and there's a lot of people that mention, and I'm not going to compare the two because it's not fair to compare the two, but there are people that, that mention Ronald Reagan when they talk about Donald Trump. Now, they, they, they had two different approaches, but Reagan was that breath of fresh air in 1980 that the country was looking for. A guy who believed in, in, in what America could accomplish and the power of just America and Americans at a time when our morale was as low as it had been since the Depression. He came in with a message that I believe in America and I believe in the people of this country because we can overcome anything. We can overcome this. Anything we put our mind to as Americans we've shown, we can overcome. Donald Trump has a similar message. It's just a little bit more in your face than Ronald Reagan was. And Ronald Reagan came across, even though he was a politician, and had been involved in politics for a long time, Reagan came across not as a politician. He came across as a guy that you could sit down and have dinner with. Came across as a guy that you could have a beer with. Came across as your friend. Donald Trump comes across as that wrecking ball that's going to destroy the swamp. He comes across as that guy that said, you know what, enough's enough. Yeah, maybe at one point in time I was a Democrat and I kind of bought, bought into, into the things that they were doing, but not anymore. And I don't agree with anything they're doing now because they've changed. They've changed their direction. They've changed what their party means. And one of the things that I thought most interesting, and we'll talk about it when we get back here on the bottom line, News Radio 610 K1A, is some of the fallout from last night's debate and who even liberal pundits are saying won last night's debate. Give us your bottom line. Call 509-547-1610. Now, back to the show. Presented by McCary Meets in Basin City. Bottom line, News Radio 610 K1A, 547-1610. If you want to get involved, thanks to our good friends at McCary Meets. We're at 170 in Basin City for being some big supporters of the program. And, you know, tell you what, there is a hot housing market going on right now in the Tri-Cities. It is still, still hopping. 
Still houses available, still houses selling at a quick clip. Houses go on the market, they're gone. If you're looking to dive into that market, you're thinking about selling your house, you've got your eyes on a house that you want uh, to, to lock in before you make the sell move, try and make that combination, call Jennifer Mons, Windermere Real Estate. Visit her website, jennifermonds.com. Jennifer comes from a family of realtors. She is well-versed in what it takes to make sure your transition, be it from buyer to seller, seller to buyer, as easy as possible. She's also really familiar with moving because being in a military family, you move a lot. So she can help you with pointers on moving, how to make that process smooth, as well as doing all the hard work for you when it comes to buying and selling. Contact Jennifer Mons today with Wintermere Real Estate. Visit her website, jennifermonds.com. Believe it or not, The pundits, quite a few of them on the left side, after last night's debate, Jonathan Allen, who is a contributor with MSNBC, even their own morning host, Joe Scarborough, and I tend to agree with them, the big winner from last night's debate was President Trump. President Trump was the big winner from last night's debate. You know why? Because they didn't talk about him. They didn't go after him at all. They did not make him an issue. Even though they talked about some of the things that they didn't like or they thought were problems that he created, they barely referenced him at all. They couldn't go after the economy. And what did they spend most of the time talking about? You heard Julian Castro, Beto O'Rourke, Cory Booker, Arguing over chapter 13.25 of the Immigration Code. You heard Julian Castro advocate for open borders. All right, period. No ifs, ands, and buts about it. Open borders. Globalist society. That's what he's talking about. Decriminalizing any aspect of crossing the border illegally. That's what Castro is about. He's pointing fingers at Beto O'Rourke for not supporting it. He wanted everybody on that dais to support removing that chapter from the Immigration Code. O'Rourke is telling him, well, you've got human traffickers, you've got drug dealers. Castro's, ah, so what? Not only didn't they talk about the president, you know who they didn't talk to? Middle America, blue-collar workers, people whose industries, jobs, and lives are impacted by the fact that our border isn't as secure as it could be? They weren't talking to those people. They were talking to people that can't legally vote in this country. We have 350 people, 350 million people, million people, 350 million people in this country, roughly. They were talking to 11 million. They were talking to 11 million last night. The people that live in the heartland of this country don't want to hear you go on and on about how you're going to make coming into this country easier. They want to hear how you're going to strengthen the border. They don't want to hear about how you're going to provide all these benefits to people that aren't citizens when there are people that are citizens 
that are struggling mightily. They don't want to hear how you're going to improve the lives of people who should go through a process for citizenship. They want to hear how you're going to improve the lives of the middle class, the blue-collar worker, the single mom. They want to hear how you're going to improve their lives, which they did not talk about last night at all. What did they talk about? Free stuff. Talked about free stuff. Now, outside of President Trump, if you want to look at somebody who stood out, the one person that probably that got the biggest bump was Hawaii Representative Tulsi Gabbard. She was the most searched person after last night's debate that participated. She talked a lot about getting out of conflicts, staying out of conflicts. She had a pretty good exchange with Ohio Representative Tim Ryan regarding um, Afghanistan. She earned a lot of points with libertarians about removing ourselves from a number of conflicts. Um, She, for one of those individuals that you always look at who is considered a very, very long shot, she probably increased her standing more than anyone else in that field. John Delaney just should may as well drop out. John Delaney, uh, if I remember correctly, it was Delaney that got interrupted by Savannah Guthrie. Oh, we have to go to a commercial break. No, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. You don't have hard breaks in a debate. You you can let him answer and then go to go to go to break i mean the way she treated him was absolutely ridiculous it was terrible they add here's the other thing msnbc was definitely not the winner last night they were a big loser last night along with john delaney and a few others the hot mic number one is an embarrassment absolute embarrassment to have a hat a hot mic during a debate they had to go to a commercial break for that to deal with that problem so that was one that was that was an absolute embarrassment can anybody figure out one tough question they asked one tough question that they asked instead of lobbying every particularly when it came to elizabeth warren They lobbed every softball up there as easy to hit as they possibly could. And that is one more indication they have zero credibility. There wasn't a tough question asked of anybody on that dais. Not a one. And then Jay Inslee gets a question about the climate. And what's he do? Fumble! Inslee didn't help himself either. But he's not going to get out anytime soon. More of the bottom line is Radio 610 KOA. After we come back, a couple of Supreme Court decisions out today we'll discuss, including the decision regarding the citizenship question on the census. Guess who struck again? Back with more for this. 
join the show, call the LegendsCasino.com hotline, 509-547-1610. Back to the bottom line with Robin Ed, presented by McCary Meets in Basin City on News Radio 610, KONA. Back at the bottom line, News Radio 610, K1A, 547-1610. You want to get involved also via email. 610K1A.com is the website. Your name, where you're listening, what you'd like to say. Supreme Court final day of decision releases. Two big ones people have been waiting on. Gerrymandering and the citizenship question on the census. We'll start with gerrymandering. This was a decision came on the heels of two lawsuits, one from North Carolina and one from Maryland, filed by different political parties. The one in North Carolina, I believe, is filed by the Democrats. The one in Maryland, I believe, is filed by the Republicans. Um, Each group felt that the districts in their state, which were drawn by the opposing party, were done to maximize political advantage. Supreme Court justices came back five to four and said, well, yeah, because they can. That's what the consequences of elections are. The party and the ruling power can redistrict that state, and they have the legal authority to do so because they're granted that in the Constitution. It is not for the judicial branch to get involved in legislative matters where it's been settled. Interestingly enough, Chief Justice John Roberts gave the majority opinion and cited that the history of partisan gerrymandering goes back before the Revolutionary War. And when the framers designed the Constitution, they granted state legislators the ability to regulate elections and then gave Congress the power to change those regulations if necessary, not the courts. Not the courts. So the Supreme Court, five to four, Roberts, Alito, Thomas, Gorsuch, Kavanaugh in the majority, Breyer, Ginsburg, Sotomayor, Kagan in the minority. And even though it is frustrating, and this will be interesting to see too because a court in Pennsylvania And this is going to be really interesting to watch because the state Supreme Court in Pennsylvania redistricted and redrew the district lines in that state based on gerrymandering complaints. And it had an impact on those legislative races in the state of Pennsylvania swinging three seats to Democrats. So I wonder if this Supreme Court decision is going to undo what the state Supreme Court in Pennsylvania did and revert it back to the previous map. By them saying the courts do not have the power to do this, only the legislatures have the power to do this. That's going to be an interesting one to follow. However, if it comes up, and it it probably should, but the reasoning is that even though the partisanship is frustrating to the opposite party, The judiciary, according to Roberts, would do a worse job and do more damage to the system 
because it would be an unprecedented expansion of judicial power. And this is something that is a partisan decision. And the one thing about John Roberts, like him or not, and as one of our guests earlier this week, Karen Lugo, who is a constitutional scholar, mentioned, Judge Roberts is very in tune with former Chief Justice Reinquist's thoughts and opinion when it came to the court appearing as a legislative body or as a political body. Very, very, very in tune to the court not being partisan or appearing to legislate from the bench. John Roberts did that. As much as many people disagreed with his assessment on the Affordable Care Act case when he ruled it was a tax, he did it to keep the court nonpartisan and non-legislative. Today's decision, very much the same, except, except the difference between the Affordable Care Act and this is this has a constitutional standing. This has a constitutional standing where the framers put this in place as a protection for states versus the federal government. So this decision, whether you like it or not, is a win for the Constitution. Because the Constitution commits this, whether you like gerrymandering or not, commits this aspect to the political process and to legislative bodies, not the courts. And so, again, I think it's going to be interesting to see if this decision today by the Supreme Court has any impact on what has happened in Pennsylvania, where the state Supreme Court went well above their authority and drew their own districting map and applied it in the state of Pennsylvania. 547-1610 if you want to get involved. Bottom line, News Radio 610-KONA. Also... The other big ruling today was the citizenship question. And again, it was a five to four decision. And this time, Chief Justice John Roberts sided with Kagan, Sotomayor, Breyer, and Ginsburg. It seems like Roberts is trying to position himself as the centrist. Maybe he has. But if he's trying to avoid a political casting, that's not going to do it. Positioning yourself as a centrist positions yourself, but it gives you a political cast. It puts an ideological pall on you. We have seen already in the decisions released this session, Brett Kavanaugh and Neil Gorsuch, both of President Trump's appointees, siding with liberal judges in some decisions. That doesn't give you a political ideology. That means you're applying rule of law and interpreting law. You're not being an activist. Whether you agreed with where they came down or not, 
the two of them have probably been, have probably used more jurisprudence than anybody else on the court. People believe that Roberts would align himself with Alito, Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, and Thomas on this question. He did not. Now, while Justice Roberts, in his majority opinion, did not rule out that the question could eventually appear on the census, that was not what the point of this case was. The point of this case was determining the movement and the steps behind Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross wanting to put it on there in the first place, which, as Justice Thomas wrote in his dissent, this is an unprecedented step by the Supreme Court to question the process of a government agency and how they went about doing something. Justice Thomas was very pointed in his dissent, saying that this is not something that we're supposed to be doing. Quoting his opinion, for the first time ever, the court invalidates an agency action solely because it questions the sincerity of the agency's otherwise adequate rationale. This conclusion is extraordinaire. The court engages in an unauthorized inquiry into evidence not properly before us to reach an unsupported conclusion. He's absolutely right. They made a ruling on what they thought somebody's thought process might have been in coming to the decision, which is not evidence. It's not evidence. The only thing saving is that he didn't deem the question could not appear on the census at some point in time. So the president's next step was to see if they could delay the census as these other cases play out. Because the question itself, again, this is part of the confusing issue here. The question itself has not been banned from appearing on the census. It's just not on it right now. Because Justice Roberts did not close the door on that. He didn't say that it was not substantively invalid. In his decision, he wrote, agencies must pursue their goals reasonably. What was provided here was more of a distraction. But that's not his call to make. But by saying that adding the citizenship question was not substantively invalid, he opens up the door for it to still go on the 2020 census. And those censuses to still go out and be delivered. He's just made a significant delay in that process. You're up on the bottom line. News Radio 610K. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Oh, Sparky from Umatilla. What's going on, Sparky? Hey, I heard you say something about having a beer with Reagan. You know, my my dad was a staunch Democrat, and he just gave me hell when I signed up as a Republican. <laughs> but anyway, when Reagan got in, he changed to Republican. He'd had enough, you know, and it just seems like the Democrats have been slipping and slipping. 
Now, uh, uh, why? They, apparently, they, they subpoenaed Kellyanne Conway uh, to to testify. I I don't know what that's all about. Maybe you can clue clue us in. But oh, getting back to the beer thing. Uh, Obama had a had a beer. He had the beer summit because he said the Canadian Connecticut cops were uh, acted stupidly. You remember that? Yeah, yeah. So, I... so, so uh, Obama would have a beer now and then. Oh no, no question. Remember, he had that big beer summit. Yeah, yeah. Remember that? Yeah. He. He. Uh, but anyway, hey. I'll, <laughs> Let you chew on that for a bit. Thanks for the call, Sparky. Appreciate it. Five four seven one six ten. If you want to get involved, they subpoenaed Kellyanne Conway uh, over the uh, Hatch Act violations that um, have been claimed that she has committed. Um, the White House, when the decision came down initially, and it was the Independent Office of Special Counsel. Uh, sent a letter to the administration saying that she made numerous violations of the House Act. The White House immediately responded and said, you're full of it. She did not. Um, and the Independent Office of the Special Counsel is is a – it's not a binding body. It's a – in a way an oversight, but it's not – but it, it, it's – they don't have any real power. They can make recommendations and say, hey, we think that this is wrong, but they, they don't have the power to do anything. Um, so now the House is going to go down this road. Uh, the White House is saying she didn't commit any violations of the House Act. Of course, Democrats are screaming up and down, claiming she should be resigned and thrown in prison for the rest of her natural-born life because that's their reaction to everything that a Republican does that they think is untoward. We just need to, you know... Lock them all up. Come back to wrap up. Bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA for your Thursday. Speak your piece. Call 509-547-1610. More of the bottom line on News Radio 610 KONA. Presented by McCary Meats in Basin City. Final few minutes, bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA. Rob Francis with you. Ed Dawson back on Monday. Hey. Anybody have any trouble with uh, storms we had last night? Branch come down, any damage to your house, any damage to your car, to you get into an accident? If you did, I really hope you have insurance. If you don't, you need to get a hold of Jason Hogue. Now, granted, it's a little bit too late for what happened yesterday, but if you don't like what your payout's going to be or you don't like talking to your company and what they're going to do for your claim, call Jason Hogue, American Family Insurance. I'm telling you right now. Jason is the easiest agent I've ever worked with, period. He's on Road 68 in Pasco. Visit his website, jasonhogue.com. Car insurance, life insurance, homeowner's insurance, business insurance, farm insurance, you name it. Jason will be able to get you set up, whether it's one policy or a bundle. Contact Jason Hogue today. Sit down with him. Talk to him one-on-one. Road 68 in Pasco with American Family Insurance, jasonhogue.com. Going right to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. News Radio 610 KONA. What's your name? Where are you calling from? It's Bernie from Kennewick. What's going on, Bernie? Hey, um, back in the days long before I could vote, and my brother, five years older, we'd just say, oh, I'd vote for him because we liked his personality. But when I don't like Trump's personality, but I like what he's doing and what he has done and what he's going to do, with little exception. And so I think 
people on the other side and the Democrat side are trying to put him down mostly because he's, they think he, well, they're, they're trying to make the public think that he's no good because look at his personality, look at the things he says and so on and so forth, but look at what he does. So uh, that's why I'm a, a Trump supporter. Thanks for the call, Bernie. Appreciate it. Going back to the phones, you're up on the bottom line. He's Radio 16K with yeah. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Bob Bear from Kennewick. What's on your mind, Bob? Hey, just a comment. Uh, last night, the candidates were all following the process, I believe. They weren't given 45 seconds or a minute to tear into Donald Trump and his administration. I think they were all predetermined uh, questions that they had written down. So for you to, to claim that they didn't tear into Trump enough or, or his administration, I don't think it's fair. Um, I believe it was uh, just respect for the process. Okay, thanks for your call. Appreciate it. Five four seven one six ten. If you want to get involved, um, the the reason why, uh, and not just myself, but a number of other people that watched the debate last night, even those on the national stage, thought it was odd, was because every opportunity they've had on a individual stage, they've torn into the president and gone after his policies. And if you're trying to unseat an individual usually you go after that individual uh, to try and proffer how you are going to be better than he is. So the fact that none of them took that opportunity last night was surprising to a lot of people. You're up on the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA. Your name, where are you calling from? Renee from Prosser. What's on your mind, Renee? If they wait till closer to election time, if they do the impeachment now and it gets a over with, it won't impact him at election time. But if they wait till election time, can a president run for election when he's under impeachment charges? He could run if he's under charges. If he's impeached, that raises a different question. Right. right. But but if he's if if the process hasn't been completed and he hasn't been found guilty of committing any crime, he can still run. He can run under the appearance of he can run during the process. Uh, but if it's all finalized and he is removed from office, he can't run. It should be a big distraction right during election time. Oh, you're no question about that, Renee. But the other problem that comes around election time is you're sending the message you believe he's going to win. Well, gotcha. And that you're going to follow impeachment. You'll impeach him if he gets elected, for, you know, if he gets reelected. So by, by saying, you know, doing it at election time, you're insinuating that he's got a chance to win. Gotcha. Thanks for the call, Renee. Appreciate it. Five four seven one six ten. If you want to get involved, now I think now the reason why they're focusing is if they impe- if they have the ability to impeach him and remove him from office, not just what happened with Bill Clinton, impeachment and censure in his second term. If they actually remove Donald Trump from office, they believe to me it's sending the message that's the only way they can win is to try and impeach him in 2019 or early in 2020. Otherwise, they can't beat him because they still resent the fact he won. They haven't been able to whittle him away. They haven't been able to crack his base, and they haven't been able to reach independence. So the only way to do it is to try and impeach him, remove him from office. But we know that's not going to happen because the Senate is never going to stand for it. It will not get through the Senate. He will not get impeached. But the talk of it is awfully nice to rally the base. That'll do it for the bottom line. Afternoon report coming your way next.